Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Comedy Podcast, where we talk about, oh, Jesus Christ, where we talk about your favorite movies, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. I'm Marin. And today, the Crime Junkies are back doing a Crime Junkie-related things, as usual. That's hard to say. Um, we hope, thank you again for listening to our episodes and supporting us. We are back to it, baby. And um, make sure you drink your water, wear your sunscreen, and wear a mask. Today's mini show is on the newly hot, hot off the press. Just released its last episode a couple of hours ago. Uh, SPS's Netflix exclusive, Our Beloved Summer. Dun 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 dun. Um, you didn't? Did you watch this? No. No. Absolutely nothing. Okay, cool. That means I get to sit here and kind of just like unpack my thoughts and feelings. <laughs> no context. Um. Our Beloved Summer is a 16-episode Lovers Reunited High School Sweetheart love stories based off of a webtoon by uh, Yinan and Han Kyung-tar. It, um, it, it's kind of like a prequel, I guess, to their story. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's it was, you know, this is kind of a look forward to because it's starring Choi Yushik and Kim Dami, who were in my favorite Korean movie ever, The Witch. And so I was actually really excited for this. The promos were giving. The teasers were giving. The behind the scenes were giving. And then the drama. <laughs> the drama did not give and so we're gonna just kind of um here's my five minute spoiler free review if you like boring romances then this is the show for you um they spend about a good i want to say eight to nine episodes meeting again after their first breakup you know emotions are you know a little volatile and they're on this back and forth um viking ship about if they should get back together or not or if they you know they've never really gotten over each other and so then they get together and then the story continues to just flow in a weird angle i mean it ends happily it's just the storytelling and the the pieces of the story that the story writers chose to show and the ones that they didn't choose to show mm-hmm. were what made this a six for me um and nothing higher i think if you like watching pretty decent actors do what they do with the, what they've been given then this then then watch our beloved summer i feel like 16 episodes is a lot to put yourself through that but if you like this this cast um do it because i didn't i don't know why um <laughs> you're stronger than me i can't I have a thing where I don't really like a love story centered around a couple that already broke up or like a divorced couple mm. that tries to get like, I don't, it doesn't really draw me in. That's part of the reason why I didn't watch it. Yeah. I usually, I'm not, mm, it depends on the situation because mm-hmm. most of it usually stems from, you know, miscommunication. Yeah. And so you're just like, we could have solved this in episode two, but we're not because nobody's communicating with each other which was the the big point in this entire story but i just had so many but i was like i want to watch it because i love these two actors and their chemistry wasn't giving me everything i needed but it was like interesting to see like because i got to a point where i was like i have to see how this ends i have to see where this is going because (laughs) y'all have just like 
okay, so let's just start from the beginning, like the whole premise of the story. The premise of the story is that these two, the girl in the story, her name is um, Yeonsu, and then we have Cho Yung. Um, and Wung is the the last student at their school in terms of grades, and Yeonsu is the first student. So they filmed this documentary in high school um, about them just kind of like living and studying together or whatever. And it's supposed to see like if she'll rebuff on him or if he rebuff on her and like their thoughts about life and things like that because you know how competitive it is to get into college um, um, in South Korea. And so the story starts us at that point. Like we get to see the documentary and we get to see that this documentary, these clips of this documentary online have are trending kids in the present are like, Oh, I really relate to these characters and they're funny and hilarious. And so we find out that Choyung, who is, um, has a Pusido name of Go Oh, who is a like unknown kind of, renowned artist and Yonsu is like a regular office worker for like an event planning company or like a promotions company or something like that and so we found out that these these two people did this documentary they ended up falling in love they dated for seven years they broke up (laughs) and now the people who filmed the documentary want to film a second like a second installment of like what where are these kids now it's like been like uh, what what 10 years since we last saw them or something like that right yeah and so they basically end up doing this drama doing this redoing this documentary which forces them to be in each other's presence which forces them to figure out what happened in their breakup which is our whole storyline yeah. now <laughs> i was kind of okay with that because i'm like okay so what could have possibly happened because you know i think i was really interested in the story at the beginning because it was a romance that was trying to tell us two parts of a breakup right mm-hmm. we had yonsu's and her reasons why she decided to break up with wong and then wong who was just kind of left abandoned with no answers because mm-hmm. of the way that she broke up and a lot of breakup stories i think in romances can lean very heavily one-sided like one person was wrong mm-hmm. and so this is why this relationship didn't work and at the beginning the story was giving me like yes it was wrong for Yonsu to just kind of break up with him with no explanation but it also showcased you besides her like family um her family situation which is kind of the catalyst of her breaking up with um um Choyung, it was also saying that Wung was not giving her the emotional support she needed or he wasn't really understanding um, what she needed in that relationship. And so I was like, okay, this is two sides of the story. I like that I get to see them both equal. But as the story continues, it starts to lean heavily in Wung's direction. Like he's the center of the story. And that's where the storytelling for me started to go wonky. Because I was like, I get it that being abandoned in this breakup ties back into his entire character because we find out that he's been adopted that he was abandoned by his actual father that his parents of the story aren't actual his his actual parents yeah and so it plays into his character more but where did that equal narrative story telling go right Mm -hmm. so that's one that's 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 docking story storytelling narrative points for me right there number one um Number two docking narrative storytelling points is that because this is a documentary, you know how in documentary they have interviews of each participant? Yeah. You get to hear them talk. And so they kind of use that technique throughout the story of the characters 
telling us their feelings. And here's that thing that I that got drilled in my head when I was in writing school is to show not tell. And so I shouldn't have to hear the characters telling me how they're feeling without it like being properly shown. They were were they were they telling them what they're feeling like directly into the camera or was it like them mm-hmm. alone in a room voicing their thoughts? It's it was a lot of voiceover thoughts. Okay. And I felt like that got a little repetitive mm-hmm. and it was detrimental to the impact of the emotional scenes. Cause it'd be like, here's what I was feeling. And then a few, a couple, 10, 20 minutes go by and then we get to see that actual feeling being brought forth. So like, there's an example is like Choi Woong. Um, Choi Woong is kind of painted to be like the kid who has everything. He has loving parents. He gets to do what he loves and makes money off of it. But he's sad and alone because he's been abandoned before. And, um he has a very he's kind of like stuck in this childhood phase of his outlook on life and things like that and it's like all directing into his art but there's this moment in the story especially like this is like episode 14 where he's like i was always afraid of never being good enough for this family mm-hmm. and then either in the next episode or whatever we hear him talk about that to his mother and so why did I need a preface of hearing his thoughts about never being good for his family? And then a scene with his mother where he says that to her, that he was afraid of never being good for this family. I was like, that was counterintuitive to me because mm-hmm. it takes out the emotional impact. Cause like when he's like, when that scene of that narration, yeah. the narration could have been taken out because basically what happened is Wong is basically watching his like parents like set up this like cleaning up their restaurant because they like own a restaurant or whatever and they're happy and he's happy and then over the radio he hears this um segment about where they're talking about that um your dna can your dna has a heavier impact on your impersonality and how you view life more than your environment Uh and so you know the the nature versus nurture argument Mm -hmm. and he cuts that off and that would have been a great impactful scene, but we had this narration of him being like, I was afraid that this and because, you know, my father abandoned me that there was something in me. I was like, that scene was powerful enough of him just like turning off the radio because he doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. Right. But instead of the story letting us um letting us kind of bathe in those like unsaid words and just him Turning up that radio, you're like, oh, is this a part of why he's like kind of this? Mel- he has like a lot of this melancholy in him, and then we get to see the scene of him talk to his mother and finally breaking down and being like, I've always been afraid that I would never be enough or that I would never be good enough to be in this family and things like that. And so it was, they, I, I guess they were trying to stick with the documentary, um, the document, not documentary, document. Um, kind of um, the documentary kind of interviewing voiceover type thing mm-hmm. but they could have just did that in the beginning because at this point they had stopped filming the documentary right oh, okay. and now we're like focusing on the characters lives and so that was another point with me when I was just like oh, <laughs> this is you know it was it felt like they needed another edit through the episode mm-hmm. And it could have cleaned up a lot of these really good emotional points because it's not like Choi Woo-shik and Kim Dami and Kim Sung-chul and this cast are bad actors. It's, I don't think the editors were good enough at figuring out what needed to be kept in and what 
needed to be taken out. Um, and so they have this very long, of course, this is a getting back together story. So this is very long of, you know, they hit all the points of they were in their own separate lives. And now they're doing this thing together again, because at the beginning, it's kind of like Choi Woong um, basically is doing it because he knows that his ex-girlfriend hates it. So he agrees to it because he wants, like, he like, he's feeling spiteful about the breakup. Um, which is a normal reaction, which he's allowed to feel because she did kind of leave him hanging. She never told him why they broke up. And then we figure out later that she did tell him why, but he was drunk that night. So he didn't remember anything. (laughs) Um, And so, and so they've kind of like, I feel like they were a case of the right person, wrong timing type of thing. Because um, Choi Moon's character who has these abandonment issues and all that, that we learned about. Yeonsu, on the other hand, is um, her parents kind of left her to be raised by her grandmother. And they were left with this huge amount of debt. And they were being constantly chased by, um, you know, loan sharks and things like that. And it was interesting to me that they chose to only show snippets of Yeonsu's story. And a lot of her stuff was told off camera, uh-huh. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, you would think, I felt like, um, this is also why I feel like the, the narrative in itself was taking Choi Woon's side. And it stopped being an equal storytelling on either parts. Because we would kind of go for episodes where we were, like, in Choi Woon's head and why his life even though it seems like he has everything made for him is not as happy as it seems and all that other stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, because like there's this, there's this scene where we, where we, when we finally figure out why she decided to break up with Choi Woong is that he was, she, she said to him, you're the only thing he asked her. Am I so easy for you to let go? Because they're the type of couple that would argue and say, let's break up all the time. And, <laughs> She says to him, right? I was like, <laughs> um, she says to him, no, but you're the only thing I can let go because she can't abandon her grandmother. And so um, over the two, she has to choose her grandmother who also got sick. So she has to pay all this debt back. Her grandmother got sick and they were in college. So they're not at, um, it's not, they weren't the most grown adults, yeah. you, know, you know, emotionally grown people. So, it kind of if I was in Yonsu's um position, I don't know if I would do the same thing as her, but I understand um I understand her position of being like, I'm at my worst and this person I love so much, I don't want you to see me at my worst, and I don't know how to tell you that I'm at my worst. And so she breaks up with him, like okay. in a serious breakup. Um and if they were dating yes, for seven years, he didn't know anything about her family issues. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I was, I was, shit stopped making sense when I got to the end of the story because apparently also through their like dating for, was it seven years? Maybe it's seven years that they hadn't seen each other, but they dated like after college. So I want to say maybe four years. Maybe it wasn't seven. Still. I may be getting the numbers wrong, but still four years, four years and you didn't know that she was incredibly poor. (laughs) A year in, if we have hit the year mark, I'm assuming that... I know a little bit about your background, like <laughs> right, right. But even then, it was like something happened at the end of the story, which I didn't realize until it happened. But he hadn't told her, "I love you." I was like, "Y'all dated for four years, and this man didn't say I love you. You still dated, sis, <laughs> sis, sis." 
But um, it, the story was very pertinent about showing you that neither of them are emotionally fully developed adults mm-hmm. at this point in time of their their big breakup or whatever. And um, Choi Wong takes this breakup hard because um, Young Soo was his life. He you know locks himself into his room. His parents are having a hard time. He's having like a, like a very hard time emotional breakdown, getting drunk, all this other stuff, and. He, it seems that he was completely bothered by the fact that Yunsu didn't seem like she didn't have any of that, but she did. We find out later when he meets her grandmother again that she cried all the time because she didn't want to break up with him, but she didn't see any other way of being able to do what she has to do to keep her and her grandmother safe while dating him. If that makes sense. Okay. Like she, her priority at that moment was like, I have to do something to get these loan sharks off our backs. I have to do something to make money enough so my grandmother can get treatment in the hospital type of thing, right? Yeah. And so that moves on into another part of the story where I think that um, the narrative was also taking Toyun's side and it's clear that he's the main character instead of both of the, both of the male and female leads being main characters of the story is that there are several times when um they finally kind of like realize that they still love each other and they're kind of trying to work things out and things like that and there's a moment where they're sitting at this they're at dinner and Yunsu finally has the chance to explain what happened or explain her feelings and instead of the story letting her do that they take it away for her and Wung was just like I understand he's like even if you don't tell me, I understand. And I'm like, why aren't we giving her the chance to speak finally? <laughs> and so, you know, to finally give like closure to what happened to them, like how many ever years ago? I think seven years because I think it's three. They dated for four, then didn't meet for three. Okay. But like, um, how many ever many years that was? And they did that one or two times. And I'm like, what is the point of the story of like showing emotional growth if? Choi Wong was the only one who emotionally grows at these times, and it's all in the name of sacrificing Yeonsu's chances of actually telling him or saying anything. And so that was another thing when I was just like, I don't understand what's the point of this story if I can't see the growth of the female lead as much as I can see the growth of the male lead. And that's where the story really did start to lose a lot of points for me. Now here's another section (laughs) where they started to lose a lot of points for me. Before we get to the last two episodes, because that was some other... <laughs> to, to, the last two episodes, to what I say, y'all didn't know how to end this, this damn show. <laughs> um, Let's talk about side characters real quick. Okay. So side characters, we have um, Ji Woon, Kim Ji Woon, which is Choi Woon's best friend. Okay. So they met when they were like in preschool and they both have like the Woon character, which is not very common in Korean names. So they became friends really quickly. And then we have um, Yeonsu's best friend who owns a restaurant, Choi Woon's manager. And then we have a celebrity named NJ who buys Choi Woon's art, which kind of like puts him in the spotlight, right? Because she's an idol. Now tell me why <laughs> this story most likely shoulda, coulda, woulda been. Um, the story of the two main male characters and how they react with each other. Or at the very least, they were giving a second male character a more tragic storyline. I mean, or a storyline that felt like he should have had his own story. Because... Mm-hmm. 
Ji Wong, who's played by Kim Sung Cho, who I love, um, he <laughs> he's the son of a single mother who basically um, was depressed for most of his childhood, for all of his childhood, and would leave at weeks for weeks on end, just leave him at home to like fend for himself, and. When he met Choi Woong, Choi Woong's parents immediately were like, "Oh, are you Ji Woong? So let's, you know, you're Choi Woong's friend. You can come stay with us and come eat with us." And he calls them mom and dad, so they've been that close for that long. Aww, but right, which is cute because we love a little found family because they're those type of people, especially when you realize that they lost their son, adopted Choi Woong, and then then basically adopted Ji Woong as well, just not legally, right? Uh-huh. Because they're giving. They run, like, four different restaurants, and they're all named after their son. It's They're an adorable, hardworking um, couple, and they are, you know, a great constant in the show. But Ji Wong's character, not only does his mama show back up, right? Not, okay, well, there. There's his mom, right? And then we have the fact that he's in love with Yeonsu. Now. Of course. <laughs> right. But I was just like, I was... It's so confusing of him being in love with Yeonsu because I don't think it adds anything to his character or his story, right? Because I think it's supposed to be because the way that he, the way that he's in love with Yeonsu or like how much he's in love with Yeonsu doesn't make sense to me. They didn't really have any astronomical um, emotional connection. Okay. He saw her at school before Choi Woon did, thought she was pretty, handed her a hairband, and then her then. Yeonsu and his best friend basically date for four years and even when they break up he's still in love with her and I'm like y'all didn't have or they didn't even show us they had like one or two times where they were comforted each other as friends yeah but it was nothing more than that like you know how in some rom um romantic stories like you could see the chemistry mm-hmm. that could potentially be happening between the second male lead and the female lead, right? Yeah. Like, he's a really good friend to her. He's um, a comfort. He's there for her whenever. He's a that's nice not guy. That's not it. While the main guy's He's a asshole. nice guy. <laughs> right. And that's not it. Like, whatsoever. He is he is Choi Woong's best friend and continues to do everything he can for Choi Woong. Like, when Woong was um, depressed after their breakup, he was slamming on the door. He's like, open up, your mom's out here crying. You gotta eat. All this other stuff. He was being a, a homie to the very end. So I was sitting, like, here. So when all three of them meet up again, because he's a... He's a um, He's a broadcast producer, so he's filming the documentary. He's filming the documentary of these two meeting again after ten, after like seven years or whatever. And I'm sitting here like, <laughs> I don't understand where the this kind of like soul-crushing love comes from. Like this infatuation or crush for her. And somebody said um, on Twitter that it might be because Yeonsu is a point of Choi Wong's life and what Ji Wong's character is he's jealous of Wong for having, you know, parents that are here for him all the time, a girlfriend that is here for him all the time. And so he loves her like that. But I'm sitting here saying, like, okay, if it stems from jealousy of his best friend, then why is he acting like she looked him in the face and said, I don't love you? Like she like like they had some kind bad. of melodramatic. <laughs> So they gave like, him yeah, why like, are you 
like they gave they gave his character a love at first sight like storyline or something like that like he was struck mm-hmm. by her yeah like he was struck by how pretty she was and then this he notices like five minutes later he notices his best friend looking at her and he's like oh okay maybe we both think she's pretty or whatever but then they start hanging out and they obviously like each other and then they date for four years <laughs> they date for four years and then when they all meet again for this this second filming of this documentary like, he's constantly jealous yeah he's constantly like he when you when they're filming the documentary people are like well you can tell your feelings by what you're filming because that's like how good of a pd he is but it's very obvious that he's like avoiding like you know how when you film somebody and like when they turn their head the camera turns with them to see what they're looking at yeah that he you know he was giving critiques by his like superiors it's like you're not you're intentionally taking out all of the romantic kind of looks and words that Woon and Yeonsu have in this footage and I'm sitting here like what could have possibly happened between the two of them that he is so damn bad? Like it doesn't, <laughs> it it doesn't make sense. And so on top of that, he has um a junior like PD in his in his um company that likes him. She obviously likes him, and everybody knows about that she likes him. And so he never ever kind of gets closure for this because he never confesses because it seems like he's a bad guy. He does though like it's to the point where he like he <laughs> it makes no sense to me the more I talk about it because like there's this part where he like overworks and then gets sick. And so of course hearing he's sick Woon's mom is like, go bring food to Ji Woon, who's like my second son. And he's like, that's my best friend. I gotta go check on him, see if he's better. And he kind of like gives him like this warning or kind of like beats around the bush and basically say that he likes Yeonsu. And he's mad at himself for like being the bad guy. And I'm just sitting here like, you've done, what the fuck have you done to be the bad guy besides have like this infatuation with your best friend's girl? Which is weird. Like, I'm not gonna say that's not weird. But the way the story was like, what can we do to make this character suffer more okay give him abandonment issues with his mother make him jealous of his best friend make him fall in love with a woman that's never gonna love him back and on top of that his mama who was leaving him gonna come back and say she's dying i was like damn what? Right. <laughs> so sad oh my god for what he's the second male lead why does he need to have such a tragic story that gets little to no closure. Like it <laughs> like he doesn't he doesn't ever get to confess to Yonsu. Um because he's like so shy and he like wouldn't look at her in the eye. He realizes that this can like ruin their friendship forever. Oh, because of course, like you've had a like I don't understand why he had a crush on her for so long because <laughs> uh, ah. And so for his mom to come back in the picture and basically be like, I want you to film like She's like, she says, you know, documentaries are just about normal people. I want you to film me. And he's like, what the fuck? You've abandoned me. He's like, they say I'm dying. And I'm like, this is episode 13 out of 16. Do we need to... <laughs> Why is this part of the story? Why is... What was the point of this character having... I mean, I get it if we would focus on his mother, but they spent so much time with him, like, focus on um this kind of, like, love tri- triangle that never existed that it was like a waste of his character yeah if that makes sense would it have been better if they made it like 
he had a crush on on her when and then like now they're broken up and he kind of makes moves on her but then like acknowledges that like oh she's never gonna like me she's still in love with me and then over done would that have been better yes. as a way to make um Choi Young's character like get his shit together like you need to tell her your feelings because I saw clips of like him obviously still having feelings and not saying anything of Choi Young Choi's character um, Choi Young's Wushi yeah 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 Wushi's character yeah I don't it wouldn't have been the best it would have been a very cliche um rom-com trope but I think that would have been betterly executed because even when Wung and Yeonsu finally get together, right? Mm-hmm. When when they before that, Ji Wung had opportunities to kind of like clear the air or just kind of just like get it off his chest for him and himself. But instead, he just kind of he just kind of sits quietly and takes it with him and and gets no closure for that. Because I'm not trying to invalidate his feeling. It's like okay, if you're in love with her, you're in love with her. But to me, as a viewer watching this story, it's like bruh <laughs> in what part of the world did you ever think that would like it felt like he was doing it just to torture himself uh, you know what I'm saying yeah. instead of it being a meaningful being like this person makes me happy it's like he's in love with her knowing that it could never happen okay like like at some point there should be some kind of like recognition of this will never happen right yeah and and during the time of their breakup, you could have searched for her, right? But he didn't want to do that because he felt like that made him a bad guy. But it's like you have to be selfish at some point if you're going to continue to sit here and mourn this kind of love that you never acted on. If this love is about to get in between your job, if other people are critiquing <laughs> you, sir, it's hurting the bag now. Let's let's get it together, right? Let's 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 pick up the pieces. And so that I just don't understand why the writers were obsessed with making Jiwoong's story so fucking sad. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's honestly um, so depressing. <laughs> it's so depressing because like it just kind of ends with him fil- finally telling his mother he he's not going to forgive her, which I agree on. I was like, "Who? Okay. Don't don't give me that like we 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 forgive abusive parents because they're sick and dying shit." But he's like but he does get a chance to like reminisce about the, some of the good times they have and does film the documentary of like just her talking and stuff like that. Um, and so that kind of leaves him some closure in that area. But like also he doesn't, I mean, I don't think he needed to be in love with anybody. He needs to work on himself very much. Um, Cause I feel like that was self-deprecation and self like torturing yourself with him being in love with Yonsu. Yeah. And instead of making that more about him doing this because he feels like it's a piece of the puzzle that's missing. They were trying to make it like a scene like he was really, really in love with her. And I'm like, that is, it's not giving what it was supposed to give or whatever they were trying to tell with Jimung's story. It just didn't make sense. Right. Yeah. And so there was that. And then I have to give them, a little more minus points because a second female lead, a second female lead could bring a lot of goodness to a script when they're not, when they're not vindictive, you know, manipulative, um, aggressive people. And they do that a lot of rom-coms. They're like, the second male lead is really nice. 
Um, but the f- second female lead, she's a bitch. She's evil. She's plotting their death because she's obsessed with the male lead. And I'm glad they didn't do this in the story. Cause also like NJ is this idol who's like in her bag, buying buildings, buying art. Right. And she, she becomes infatuated with Choi Woon and she goes, she kind of pursues him. Like she's being bold about it. She's like, I like you. And I'm like, okay, we're doing the damn thing. But you know, it shows like she's very lonely in her life because she, you know, she's living the life of an idol, but her story was very boring. Uh-huh. Um, the actress that played her character bodied that in character meant, but her story was kind of like not impactful to the overall story. Because I think it was supposed to give Yunsu's character a little bit like, ooh, look like Wung is also desirable to other people type of thing. But that didn't it didn't really do anything, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it was a very weird I don't know. She felt unnecessary to the story overall. Did um, I kind of skip her scenes? Did Yonsu get jealous? Did it work? Yeah, she got a little jealous, but she was already on the path. To, she already admitted to herself that she liked, still liked Moon. Yeah. So she was making moves so they could, they can get back together. Okay. And so I don't kind of see what her purpose was because usually when they have a second female lead and a, a second male lead, they either either get up together. And so she just ended up kind of be like a food comfort buddy to Ji Woon, and then ended up being Choi Woon's friend by the end of it. But it was just kind of like I felt like she was taking up space when we could have focused more on the main characters. If that makes sense. Yeah. So that was another kind of like, okay, I don't understand. I get why she's here, but it's repetitive um, type of thing. And so, yeah. Our beloved Summer, I don't know. I'm hope- I'm, I guess the webtoon, I hope the webtoon is better than the drama. Because I, I wasn't getting the spark chemistries that I really wanted. Cause like when I first watched this, I was like, okay, first four episodes, let's go. I kind of like this. And then it kind of got a little hesitant to like continue to next episodes. And then I got into deep and I was like, I had to finish this. And so, Oh wait, before I wrap up, let me just talk about these last two episodes. Cause <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> it was giving me, I did the hospital playlist episode with you, right? Yeah. You remember how I said they didn't know how to end shit? Mm-hmm. And they were just throwing your shit at the end? Yeah. To seem like it tied up the story? This is what happened. <laughs> so basically, Moon decides he doesn't want to be an artist anymore. He wants to go to school for architecture. Because he feels like... Well, he got a really bad critique on his like last um, exhibition or whatever. And he decided... He had been thinking about being an architect because he thinks it's a more mature thing for him to do. And also, like, be able to help and support Yunsu. And I'm like, okay, because, like, he draws buildings. Like, that was his thing as an artist. And so, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And so, they were going to go to Paris together. But then, um, what's, uh, Yunsu's grandmother falls sick. And, um, she misses the last day of his exhibition. And she was really afraid that she had fucked it up all over again. But she tells him, I'm having a hard time. She cries in his arms. And I'm like, finally, growth in episode, like, 14, 15, whatever the hell we are. Um, they finally allowed her to have that growth. And I was upset that it was very late in the story. Um, so there's that. <laughs> that happens in 14 and 15. We also, they had showed us this thing where... Um, Toy Room was standing outside his restaurant, and you know when um a character when somebody is watching another character, so they use the camera as the POV. Yeah, you see somebody watching him, and they never answered about that, and then we find out that it's his real father. 
Oh. <laughs> oh, right? It's his real father. And so Choi Wong starts to do all these things to prepare to go to Paris and study and get his degree or whatever. And one of them is just he walks to the construction site where his real father is working, stares at him, and walks off. And I was like, but the but the narration is like, and I'm finally going to tell him to his face that um, it's, you know, you've done enough. You don't have to, you know, be in pain anymore. You don't have to come looking for me anymore. Let's just live our separate lives. Um, and I'm sitting here like, why was, first of all, why did they all bring up his real daddy in episode like 15, 14, 15, 16 even. <laughs> and then not actually give us a scene of them talking. Why was... <laughs> Why was that a very... That's a very poignant part in an abandoned child's life is confronting their birth parents about leaving him. And they don't show it. It's just said. And I'm like, what was the point then? Why even bring up the real dad? Like, it was very weird. They did that. They had... um. They had Jiwoong's scene where he was confronted his mom, which I'm glad they gave him closure on something. They had the scene where the junior PD who likes him confessed to him in the car and basically was like, um, well, you didn't get to confess, but I don't want to be like you. So I'm confessing and it is what it is. And I was like, what is, why are we, it was just like so rapid fire, all this stuff that just happens in these last two episodes. And I'm sitting here like, it felt so offbeat to me mm-hmm. to stuff all that stuff in like the last six, the last 40 to 20 minutes. The even the I love you was in episode 16. That's <laughs> the first time we get to hear Choi Wung tell Yeonsu, the woman he can't live without, I love you. I was like, this is just another version of getting the kiss of the very last 10 minutes of an episode. This is the same thing. It's just him saying, I love you. <laughs> And she literally says to him, "Do you know how much how long I've waited to hear you say that?" And I'm like, "Where did the commu- where did the growth go? Why can't you communicate to your partner? I need to hear you say I love you. Why haven't you said I love you? Why? <laughs> what? And so you know, he goes to Paris. He comes back in the last like five minutes. He well, he says I love you over the phone, and he's like, "Well, turn around." And it was like supposed to be like really cute, but I was sitting here like, "That's not cute," because. <laughs> The way she started crying, it sounds like you didn't even say that she, y'all were dating in college. So I I lost all kind of like charm that I thought Woon had in that moment. I was like, yeah, right. Okay, cool. I don't, it's very obvious to me when writers don't know how to end a story. Uh-huh. And so that's what it felt like. And that's why ultimately Our Beloved Summer was a six for me. It it had the makings of being something great. And it's crazy because I like a boring love story. Like, I was one of those type of people that loved A Piece of Your Mind from last year before it got cut down. I was like, oh, but that A Piece of Your Mind had a little bit more. They let the characters get into a heightened, kind of almost melodramatic state with their emotions. Mm-hmm. And this show, I felt like they were intentionally trying to avoid that so it didn't feel melodramatic. And I was just like, but humans in themselves are dramatic creatures. Humans are dramatic as fuck, whether you believe it or not. Like, you're like, I'm not a dramatic person. No, when your emotions are involved, 
allowing the characters to get to a certain emotional height, um, I think could have made the story a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of like when they were switching into the tones of the more serious topics, it kind of felt out of left field because, um, it felt out of left field because I feel like the script itself wasn't allowing for such emotional explosion. If that makes sense. And some of the scenes, the kind of kind of calm anger or kind of like um, mellow uh, a confrontation does akin to like real life, but it's a drama. And this is kind of the problem I have with a slice of life shows um, is that they're trying so hard to make it seem like reality that it becomes boring. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That's part of the reason why I also... Sometimes I don't watch dramas, love stories that are a little realistic. Like, I'm when I'm watching a romantic drama, I want something that's, you know, bordering on fantasy sometimes, you know? Like, I'm using mm-hmm. it to escape. And so sometimes when mm-hmm. it's too real, it gets boring for me. So that... Yeah. I, I understand. That. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, I think that's a very good thing. They didn't. This drama didn't have the fanta- the fanatical romantic element mm-hmm. that a lot of good rom coms or stories with romance have. Which maybe that was and was so, that the point? Like, was it purposely? I think it was intentional. Okay. Yeah, and I think I think it's intentional, but it doesn't feel right when you have such when you have such. Um, kind of like impactful relatable stories of like being abandoned as a child somebody who lives in a very poor household who was also abandoned and you have a third child who was also abandoned and so those kind of feelings of uh, that's also another thing that that i didn't like because yonsu was also a child who was abandoned who's afraid of losing her grandmother and so they don't even kind of her scenes about dealing with that abandonment in her relation with Choi Woon was also kind of not um, fleshed out. We always focused on Woong and his abandonment issues and Woong feeling like this and it it there was it needed a little bit of drama magic to kind of pull in these like really because like when you have such dramatic storylines like that I feel like you have to give a little bit more to the the unrealistic romantic um, element to to combat all of this kind of sadness that these characters have, but at the same time, the script doesn't kind of let it doesn't let all the characters fully either um, explain or show the emotions or the impacts that these situations have on them. And if they do, they're short or told through the characters' thoughts. So it's like it's this weird unbalance that I can't really point my finger on in our beloved summer. That is probably why I gave it a six. Yeah, it's this really weird unbalance because even I'm someone who likes weekend dramas, which is a slice of life type of thing, uh-huh. and somehow that that magic is missed out in our beloved summer, and I don't know what it is. Is that the consensus from what you've seen around, or is it like really? The first two reviews on MDL are nine and ten. Okay. So I could be, I could be very much alone in this. And I was someone who was very excited for the show, but um, 
no, yeah. I well, my t- time list in general find a lot of some of them found the main couple boring, which I can completely understand because they were they kind of dragged out the are we getting back together? We're not getting back together thing for a while. It takes up like a third of the story, a half, maybe a half, something around like that. So yeah, um. Our Beloved Summer gives a six for me. I recommend it if you're kind of into slice of life, boring romances. If you're not, you can avoid this one. You can you can go watch the clips online. The behind the scenes is probably much more cuter and enticing than the actual show at moments. Watch the clips of the people you like and just keep it moving. Because I honestly don't even know why I finished this. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> like, I don't. And I probably won't remember anything about it by in two months. So, yep, friends. Um, thank you so much for listening to me, Marion. Um, always. And thank you guys for listening to us. Please don't forget to please, please, pretty please, please leave us a review on Spotify um, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, don't forget to come talk to us on Twitter at Commented and TikTok at Commented Podcast. Um, until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Marion. Bye-bye. Mm.